I think our big problem is that it's sometimes it's so dangerous, you know, if you got a path, it's difficult to stick out from that path, you know, to follow that gut feeling. And that's really what I have learned, especially after getting Marcus. It's actually pretty late in my career that I learned that if I just follow my gut feeling, it actually creates magic. You know, that's actually where I'm the best version of myself. It's when I dare to listen to myself and to my body and to my mind to where I want to go. Hello, Yogi Triathlete community. Welcome to the YTP. I'm Jess, your host, and along with my love, BJ, we are on a mission to create a better world. With an intent to wake up and shake up the world of endurance sports, we are living, teaching, and preaching the skills of being a deliberate creator in your life, dropping the stories that no longer serve you, leaving the past where it belongs in the past, and rising up in each moment to realize that you already are your best self. So what is all the noise about? We believe that we are here to experience joy and that we have the right to live the life of our dreams. And it starts and ends with our response to life because that is what's dictating our reality. We have a say, you guys. We have a say in our happiness. As our guest today may agree, we can always choose to keep smiling. BJ and I are incredibly honored to be sharing the mic today with Michelle Vesterby, professional triathlete, mom, sister, wife, and teacher to us all. Her light calls out the light in others, and her zest for life is contagious. It's that big smile across her face that I believe gives her the competitive edge, and the feeling that is behind it will be the very thing that gets her to the top of the podium in Kona. Michelle has three top 10 finishes on the big island and multiple Ironman wins under her belt. If you've ever listened to an interview with Michelle, then you know how dear she holds triathlon to her heart and the excitement in which she infuses her training and racing. With uncertainty in the air for the 2020 race season and lots of letting go happening, BJ and I thought what better person to pierce the complacency of quarantine than this optimistic champion. Michelle, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. What an intro. <laughs> this, can all, this can only be good, huh? It can only, only be, be good. good. I love yeah. that. All right. So Let's just talk about the big birthday bash that happened yesterday. Mr. Marcus turned (laughs) one years old. How was that as a mom to see a year already go by? Yeah, I can't believe it. I was told before, you know, it goes so fast when you get kid. And I've been like, blah, 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 like every non-parent, you know. But this year, wow, it's it's amazing how fast it went, you know. I can still remember my big belly just a year ago, you know, the excitement about getting to the hospital and everything. So, you know, you just got all the feelings there yesterday. It was a, it was a big thing, you know, not for Marcus because he, you know, he didn't really care. He just wanted the paper to play with. But, um, <laughs> but for me, you know, it was emotional to experience it all one more time in a way. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. That ca- I saw a picture of the cake. That was insane. Yeah. Was I didn't good? bake that. I didn't bake it. No, you didn't bake that. I did. I did some research. You didn't bake that. <laughs> it's It's so funny that I have so many faithful followers out there that truly believed in me, you know, that I made that cake, but I have to admit, you know, I cannot even bake, a, <laughs> cook my own dinner, you know, without burning it. So that cake was way over my leech. 
it was delicious though yeah and marcus is um named after your brother mark yeah which is is so beautiful and you've talked about mark as somebody who uh you turn to in times when you're racing or you're training and things get tough and yeah. he serves as your motivation and i'm assuming that marcus is just an add-on to that as well but when you think about mark out there while you're training and racing what is a memory of him that comes into your into your mind that helps you in those times where it feels dark it's actually his laugh you know he couldn't speak but his laugh the voices coming out of his mouth was just like could fill a whole room with joy and happiness and and create a smile on my face you know because he wasn't capable of swimming biking or running and and t talking so yeah in that way you know everyone who talks about and had met mark during their life during his life uh, they would all say that he was just one happy boy so it's amazing and also now sitting here home can't do much you know it's just fills me up, you know, with joy thinking about the opportunities that we actually still have, you know, we are actually like, we can create our own happiness at this moment. So you came into our, I mean, you've been on our list for a while now. We've wanted to have you on the show, but as we were moving into this, you know, quarantine phase and we were seeing, you know, some of our own athletes falling away and letting the momentum drop and and really being affected by circumstances that are outside of our us and you know we do have a huge say in our happiness factor in life and it has everything to do with how we respond to life and when the very little i know about your brother mark you know you could look at his life from the outside and say well he can't swim he can't bike he can't do all of these things but that was that didn't have an impact on his ability to choose his happiness in a moment and to feel joy. Exactly. And that's what I really take with me uh, when I'm racing and when I'm training, you know, that, that feeling, you know, because we all have ups and downs and despite my keep smiling motto, you know, I have also bad days, you know, and in this quarantine, I have even more bad days because it's, it's hard to see the end of this, you know, when is the next goal? What is going to happen? And that's when I really, really remind myself of how privileged I actually am to do what I love to do and still be able to do what I love to do. And with Mark, you know, he didn't know what he couldn't do. So he was like focusing on the things that he could, which was bringing a smile on everyone's faces, you know, probably even wasn't aware of that he was had that ability, you know, my English is shit today. Do you understand anything of what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> sometimes I get that feeling of I'm saying something. Or sometimes it's easier in the morning. In the evening, it's way terrible. But I'm happy that you understand. What I I'm know saying. we we were saying like you're winding down your day, and we're just winding drinking ours coffee, up, drinking yeah. our coffee, getting exactly. things going. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was reading your last two blog posts that you put out. In one of them, you encourage us all to, you know, to pursue the best version of ourselves right now. And I and I totally agree with that. I, I don't think that there's ever been a time where it could be more valuable in our life to really show up as our best version. And what does that mean to you? What is like the best version? How does somebody start to find what the best version of themselves is? 
Yeah, but you know, waking up in the morning, giving yourself a smile to the mirror, a small, simple thing that just, you know, create the right mindset for the rest of the day. Because I really found myself in this quarantine, I really have to find out what makes me happy, you know, what I'm capable of doing. It's just like the small things because Klaus has been home. Marcus has been home. We've been in the same house for so long. Normally, I travel so much. So I really have to find the joy in the small things every day. If it's like, now I'm lucky that I actually have a, a swim spa in my backyard. <laughs> so just take, but take, it's not the ple pleasure of me swimming. It's actually the pleasure of seeing Marcus swim afterward that gives me the energy, you know, his smile and his laugh that fills me up. So like creating the small things, you know, I think everyone wished that we could just go back to normal. But now this is our new normal, right? We have we don't know when it will end and we don't know if it will ever be normal again. So we just have to make every day count. And I think the most important lesson I have been giving myself these days is not to think about what the future will bring, but just be present right now. Because that creates a good day for me, you know, and that's what it's all about. It's just making every day a good day. And every day cannot be a good day 100% of the time. But then just, you know, there's always something to smile about. There's always something that we can find. If it's like eating a piece of cake that day that creates happiness, you know, that's what you have to do then, you know. We're all talking about these extra kilos in the <laughs> corona crisis. Maybe it's just like what has to be done, you know, to, uh, yeah. We have these expectations that it's supposed to go a certain way and, and our mind is constantly seeking like, well, we know Kona will be in October. So at least we know then that this yeah. race is going to happen, but we don't even know that. And so that's where the frustration rises. That's what we've been seeing. And then that's, that's sparks exactly what you're talking about, finding out what you love. Because I think when you remove these races, especially Kona from people's schedules, they're like, what now? Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> what am exactly. I supposed to be doing? Should I even be training? Should I go for a run today? Or, or maybe I'll just stay in bed and eat cake. Like yeah. it's questioning their, their identity. Do you have, um, do you have moments where you are like, not how long is this going to last, but it's so important for me to keep momentum moving forward because I know when that day comes, whatever that day is, I want to be ready to, to, to rock it. Do you have this, this momentum already instilled going right now? Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's been going up and down, you know, because one moment you believe truly that Kona will be in October and you are so dedicated and motivated to get there. And then the next day she's like, okay, I don't think Kona will happen, you know. What now? And that's just where I really try to, to stay focused on the day, just to get the job done some days, you know, and other days it just go by itself. I In the beginning of this quarantine, I was like, yes, man, I'm doing extra training. You know, everything is rolling. It's hard for the rest of the world, but for me, you know, I can do this. Uh, and then I also had that bump, you know, it was like, okay, I have to pull myself up again you know, to stay focused. And that was where I was like, okay, I shouldn't think about Kona. Because I think as a professional athlete, you always have that next goal that you're aiming for. And that's what keeps me going every single day. And now that goal is not there. 
we don't know what when the next race will happen so i have to think about other things that yeah makes me happy and keeps me going and it's been difficult wow some days it's really really hard um, to find that inner motivation but that's where i'm lucky that i have mark and marcus you know to to keep me going and also like i i promised marcus i was yesterday i was like reflecting it's one year since i got him i still done three ironman the last year so i actually been doing quite a lot i lost 25 kilos but you know after the pregnancy so i've been i've been having a, a big year and a great year and i just want to you know continue feeling great about what i'm doing so it doesn't matter if kona is not going to happen i still wish <laughs> i'm already qualified so in that way i have peace of mind but yeah it's not i have to find a joy in what what i'm doing every single day you know in the process and not the goal you know i think it's important for people to 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 really hear what you're saying here is that you you still have to put the effort forth to say okay what am i can focus on what i'm grateful for or i can focus on what's wrong with the situation like you're not immune to the highs and lows of life you're just choosing you know mm. to look at what you're grateful for and to look at what makes you happy and i think that's what what makes you you know no different than anybody else it's just we've got this especially here in the united states we're just we have this programming of of always looking at how far we have to go as opposed to how far we've come all of mm. the things we've accomplished all of the things that we can be happy and grateful for in a moment in our life and we tend to fall into the negative so there are a lot of athletes who have dropped the momentum if there's no race then um then why train at all and you talk about that inner motivation you know as opposed to the outer motivation so to somebody who has dropped the momentum and is kind of you know hanging out in those low level feelings what would you say to them for words of encouragement to get them to start getting that motor revved up again yeah that's a good question because it's really hard when you are in the middle of the ocan what is it called in the middle of the bad weather what is it called yeah. like standing in the middle is difficult to see how to get out of this right it's difficult to see the sunshine and i've been there you know i've been there when everything was just looking like how do i overcome this how do i get back to being that best version of myself but i think it's just again you don't regret a training you did you know that's the first thing so just to get out there get started maybe find some small like virtual races that you can do i've been doing that it's actually been pretty fun you know i did this big run in denmark where i think it was like 14000 uh, danish people like running different places and we were all told to wear red and white so when you met someone out running there red and white, you can say hi and you could smile. And it was actually pretty motivating because 40,000, that's a lot in Denmark. So you definitely met someone that was out running for the same course. So in that way, you know, it's just the small things that like can keep you motivated. Maybe you have a kid that can bike next to you while running, you know, and, and, you know, getting out of the house is just one thing. And if I know that most of the places now around the world is open now. 
So I think that that helps definitely like Italy, France, over here in Europe, Europe, <laughs> Europe. <laughs> My English is so good. Uh, they definitely <laughs> like it. starting to be able to get outside. And I think that's one thing, you know, get some air, get some fresh air, some sunshine, hopefully, you know, finally we have a bit of sunshine in Denmark. Uh, so it's just about getting outside. You know, it's never complicated. Our, I think our pathway to happiness, it's not complicated. It's go outside and, and look at the sun. And even if there's clouds, to remind yourself that the, the sun is still shining. The sun yeah. never stops shining. There might be clouds in the way, but that doesn't turn its light out. You know, it's, exactly. still, it's still shining on you. And it's, it's very simple, but, you know, it's uh it's a choice like we have to cho in the in the times where we feel like we're you know held down like you said like in the middle of of the storm mm. that um we have to remember that the storm is going to pass and you know it's this moment right now that we're still getting a breath and you know there's so many things that we can be grateful for in in any in any given circumstance and i always think about just like i get to breathe like and if i get to breathe that mm. means i get to live and if i get to live then i don't want to waste it exactly yeah then you decide yourself what you want to do with that yes yes, yes. so and doing exactly what you say you know like standing there in the middle everything could just seems like you don't know you don't have the control but you actually have the control and that's how privileged we are we actually can choose ourselves you know no one choose for us Maybe, yeah, if you're under 18, someone will guide you. But for as adults, you know, we're actually able to do what we love to do and we can create our own happiness. Yeah, and I think this time is, is a creative time. I mean, it's asking yeah. us to, to be creative, the virtual races, the, yeah. the, um, the four by four by 48, all these like races and, and events that you can just do on your own because we're not victims. We're not succumbing to the, the circumstances like it doesn't dictate what we can do and this is where i get really like like i want to boost people up like you have the <laughs> yeah. option you have this choice you can yeah. choose to go outside you can choose to simply lace up your shoes and step on the other side of the door and start walking or running that's a choice that's a choice mm. if you can recognize that then you start to gain back that power that power that you can choose anything like the world is really full of opportunity right now. It really is. It's not, mm. it, it may seem physically and, and through the eyes that we're on lockdown or some sort of stage of lockdown. But to me, I just see tons of opportunity. I see you're telling me what I can't do. So now I'm looking for what I can do. You've already exactly. helped me yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you've limited my uh, my, my focuses. Right. I can just focus exactly. on what I can do. Um, exactly. All right, I want to switch gears just a little bit here because you used to be an ITU athlete, didn't you? You raced on ITU. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but should we talk about that? <laughs> that was a bad time in my career. <laughs> that was way before the Keep Smiling motto. But okay, what do you want to ask? <laughs> well, maybe that brought you to see. So maybe that brought that bad time brought you to the Keep Smiling motto. What What was so bad about it? What was your struggle during that time? Uh, I just think it was never me. It was not my choice to race ITU. Uh, and because it wasn't my choice, it wasn't fun. You know, we're back to the choices that we make that create us. And, you know, I came from a swimming background. So when I started triathlon, it was natural that I should do ITU racing. Uh, and the National Federation was like, it was close to Olympic 2012. So it was an opportunity for me to be 
not be one of the main figures because we already had two strong girls, but I could be the reserve. And like being the reserve, it was like, that's not fun for me. You know, that wasn't me. I was doing it for someone else than myself. So actually every ITU race I did, something went wrong. You know, my chain broke, my seat post fall down, my handlebar, you know, got loose. Everything just went wrong, you know. And now reflecting, reflecting on that time, you know, it's just like I'm shaking my head because I'm so lucky and grateful that I actually met Klaus who got me into the lead of also just like finding my own path and where I wanted to go and was just like, Michelle, just do an Ironman, see if it's something that you'd like. And I loved it, you know. So I have a lot of crying faces, pictures from when I did ITU races, but I promise you, you can't find them after I switched to Ironman and became an endurance athlete. I also think the ITU races is like a stressful, it's some kind of a different athlete that you are, you know. You have to focus on what, what the rest are doing, you know. You have to be in that pack to be a part of the race. And, and with Ironman, you know, I'm actually able to create the race. And I like to, to do that, that I'm the master of my own success and on my race. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, gosh, as you were explaining that, I think what you lived and what you're sharing with us is something that we talk about. It's like when you're not in alignment with what you love, like you, you didn't love it. You weren't in alignment. Like you are not somebody that needs, that should be in the reserves. No, you are not somebody who can stand in the shadows. That's not why you are on this earth. You came here to stand in the light. You came here to be, you know, on top of the mountain and being the spokesperson for doing what you love in this life. And I think this is a great message to people that when things are really hard like that, like the seat post and the chain and the this and the, that perhaps it's not the right thing. Perhaps yeah. it's not what you're supposed to be doing. But that said, I don't believe that anything is a waste. So no, no, is there sure anything from your ITU days <laughs> that you can look back on that has positively influenced you know, your Ironman career. I'm definitely here today. And that's because of the ITU. You know, if I started out like doing Ironman, I would never have been here. I would have stopped after I did my education. I'm 100% sure about that. So it definitely created something in me, you know, because I liked, I loved the triathlon community at that point. You know, I was training a lot with the local triathlon club. I got something really valuable out of that and again i mentioned klaus that was also where i met him you know so the training was our thing we did together you know he was so like this young guy you know seen a lot of girls was busy with with the discotheques and the bar life and everything but when we were training when we were on the bike it was him and me you know and i actually loved that time you know also just the drive to the swimming pool, you know, was that was my time with him. And I really, it was so important for me at that point, actually, to, to do that. That was actually not the question at all. I got out to another track. But anyway, <laughs> I can definitely see my ITU time to something that i grown from, you know. Uh, and I, I did find my inner strength by being out there when where the ground was wobbling and I couldn't control what was happening. 
And I think the first time I was called the Smiling Dane, that was in my Iron Man debut. So in that way, it was just like I came from something that wasn't me to finding my path, you know. And you don't find your path if you don't try something that's definitely not the right one, you know. <laughs> we have to stick our head to bump our head and, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we need the contrast. We need the contrast. You can't have light exactly. without the dark. You can't. That was the word I wanted. Yeah, contrast. <laughs> you got to have it. You got to, and, yeah. and, and you got to embrace it, right? Because yeah. yeah. any resistance, any resistance, it's going it, to, you got to work that stuff out. It's going to continually just keep hammering you and hammering you. But when you see that contrast as when you find out what you don't want, you immediately find out what you do want those experiences where you were like, ah, disgruntled or whatever, and it's not working for yeah. you, you immediately knew this was not for you. And so what are the possibilities? What, what is opening? And Klaus was there to, to, to share with you, go Ironman, like encourage you, Ironman, give it a, give it a try. Who, who cares? I think our big problem is that it's sometimes it's so dangerous. You know, if you got a path, it's difficult to stick out from that path, you know, to follow that gut feeling. And that's really what I have learned, especially after getting Marcus. It's actually pretty late in my career that I learned that if I just follow my gut feeling, it actually creates magic. You know, that's actually where I'm the best version of myself. It's when I dare to listen to myself and to my body and to my mind to where I want to go. You know, you have to compromise with the people close to you. You know, I have to have the involvement of Klaus and with my family, my mom and dad, they are really big role in all this as well. But when I do what I believe, you know, it's, it's the, it's good. <laughs> when we follow our gut, that's our internal, that's our internal unique guidance, right? Mm. And it's not going to be for everyone else. And I know that you've, you've faced some criticism. Actually, I, we were listening to a podcast with you when you were, describing criticism as like, you've got punched in the face. You've been punched in the face by people through their words, through their judgments about you. And we, we have to be willing when we live from our gut and we do what we love, it asks us to do things that are scary, that don't always feel good, like putting ourselves in the face of, of criticism. How do you navigate? Like, how do you keep going when someone's saying you shouldn't have been a mom like they you've had some crazy things been said to you how do you keep going how do you keep smiling yeah it's been it's been hard when it's something like so close to you like my baby when people tell me that i shouldn't be a mom you know i should just focus on my career being a triathlete. Luckily, I have some good guide stars out there like Kessler and Rini that's all been very, very good moms and athletes at the same time. And that also create, you know, uh, a trust in myself that I'm doing the right thing because I'm, I have such a heavy boy, you know, he's, he's so much in balance. And that's also just given me the courage that what we're doing is the right thing and it's the right thing for us. I always try to tell people that what I did is probably not what you should do, you know, but it's been the right path for me. And why keep on training? People's like, why don't you just relax? Why do you want to do an Ironman three months after giving birth? And I was like, because I could. That was actually the right decision for me. And I I have 
parents that's been living, they living just around the corner. Uh, so it's been easy for them to babysit and be around us in the whole first period of Marcus' life. And they have such a strong relationship. And I know they will not be here forever. You know, they're plus 70 now. So in that way, giving them that gift of being close to Marcus, you know, being a part of his life that much. It's, I really see my parents grow as well, you know. It's like they're new people in this. So I've just been giving and adding energy to our family that's already a smiling and a happy family before, but now it's just like we have something special, we have something together. And they've been a part of my traveling career always, but now it's more project for them as well, which is so great and which really, really motivate me. So back to all the negative comments, you know, some of them you, of course, listen to, but then you just try to kick them out on the right, you know, because you know what's best for you. And I sometimes have been sitting at night drinking a glass of red, red wine or water, mm-hmm. talking to clouds about the comments, because it's really important to listen to the people close to you, the people that, you know, want you the best. And that's I I think that's been my most important lesson in this, you know, listen to the people close to you and that then it's easier to navigate in in the bad comments. And when I put myself out there on the Internet, on the big social media, you know, I also know that there will always be haters that thinks that I'm too optimistic, that I should, you know, everyone just knows better. Right. And and that's where you, again, have to navigate your own road and yeah you can't dim your light what the community out there is doing is trying to 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 bring you down to them to make them feel more comfortable yeah is really what it is and to see you shine so bright and so high and so joyous in a way people want that they just don't know how to get there and so they internalize and fall back onto what's comfortable for them and that's just just to be status quo and as long as they're comfortable like they're in that square box, that comfortable, like they don't have to dip their toes out. Everything's okay. And yeah. so with someone like you, someone like us, we're, we, we actually like can scare people a little bit. It actually like frightens them and they, they, they pull back because they don't know how to, they don't know how to work with that. They don't have, they can't make that alignment with, with what we're doing, with, with how we believe and how we can think, right? How, how mm. can we be so optimistic without seeing the proof? Like, how do you know that you're an amazing athlete, not you, but you know, how does someone look at to be an amazing athlete if they haven't seen the results yet? Right. So it's that belief. Mm. It, yeah. You got to have that belief. So I love that you listen to the gut. Like the gut is, mm, it's so important. My question is relative to training in that way and how, you know, you get a plan and it's supposed to be like, you know, 60 minute run and you're supposed to have some intensity in there. Do you listen to your gut on that day and are like, yeah, that's not working today. I'm I'm going to do something else. In the beginning, I always followed the program like 110%. I also did that in the beginning of my Ironman career, you know, followed it 110%. I was coached by Luc van Lierde for some years, former Ironman Hawaii champ, if someone don't know. You know, I really truly believed in everything he said that I should do. And I also got amazing results. I finished fourth and sixth in Kona on, under his guidance. But the last years, you know, 
it's been even more important for me, and especially now after being a mom, to listen to that gut feeling because I don't get the same amount of sleep and rest as I got before. So in that way, I also sometimes have to decrease the amount of intensity in my workout. And my coach is not there with me all the time. So he's actually never there. We, We live far away from each other. So in that way, it's important that I can listen to myself and I know my own body. So this morning I was like doing, I had to do 20 repeats and I only did 10 because afterwards I was feeling like my technique and my flow wasn't there. So there was no reason to continue. That would just break it up. But it's been so difficult for me to learn to not stick to the program. I love the structure. I love all the green in training peaks. So I know that I did everything perfectly. Uh, but but now I also know that that's not what brings me to a top position in Kona this time. It's a different Michelle and, de- and therefore a different way of approaching the goal. Has Marcus helped you in getting better at letting go? Oh, yeah. He's the baby boss now here in the house, you know. Before it was Michelle who was the boss, not anymore. So for sure, you know, it's on his agenda. And it's difficult sometimes because now he's also getting aware to get out of the house, you know, to get out on a four-hour bike ride. And if I'm starting the ride feeling guilty, you know, there's no reason for me to go out. Then I should just turn around because my head will not be in the training anyway. So right now it's really that, you know, quality over quantity. I always been a big fan of 200Ks riding, you know. I I love the long, long days on the bike and in the training shoes. Uh, but now I know that that's not necessarily what, again, what's the best for me. Because it's also important for me to be home with my family, to be around Marcus. So again, some of my runs, I also do them with the baby jogger. Because then I feel like we're together. I know the quality in that training maybe not will be the same, but it also then fills up my mental account as well. And I know that that has to be up and around hundred all the time before I I can create good results. At the beginning of your career, you would go biking like that was your time with with Klaus. And now that Baby Boss is in the picture, how are you guys? And I think that this is a good question because we've got a lot of we've got a lot of parents that love triathlon, that love long distance sports, and they're trying to figure out the balance. And with the Baby Boss, you know, literally <laughs> being the most important thing because he needs you right now. He needs you for food. He needs you for you know to keeping him safe and putting him to bed and you know making his food. How are you and Klaus finding that time together? How are you finding that balance? Uh, luckily, I have a kid that sleeps really well. So I put him to bed around 7 and then we have a couple of hours in the night. Uh, but also, again, you know, I make I make sure that, that Klaus and I have the time together when we just like, so tomorrow morning, as an example, uh, the daycare is closed here. So my parents will come in the morning and take care of Marcus and Klaus and I will go on a bike ride together. So in that way, we get some quality time and, and Marcus gets some quality time with his grandparents as well. So it's a win-win situation for, for both of us. So in that way, you know, we find the balance. But also when I'm sitting at the home trainer and Marcus and Klaus is upstairs, they just come down. 
they chat for a bit, you know, then you just feel like they're a part of the process as well, you know, that I don't feel like I'm far away. I'm just downstairs. So if Marcus asks for his mom, she's just there, you know. So I feel like I'm in a part of the family. And then if I need a pee break, I go upstairs and I can say hi as well and then go down in my basement again and do my job. So Marcus is starting to learn that he sometimes he just want to go down to the basement because he knows mom is down there working. Um, yeah, I, I really can't wait to hear him starting talking to figure out what's going on in his mind. You know, <laughs> how crazy do you think that I am? <laughs> He's just going to continue to reflect your yeah. joy. Um, it sounds like he's a very happy boy and he's reflecting your joy. Um, did you grow up in a, in a house like that? Or were your parents joyful? Were they, is that where you get this inner strength from? For sure. Um, definitely. hundred percent. My mom is probably the most happy person I ever know. You know, I sometimes I'm like, how can you be so happy? I wish I was a little bit more like you. And trust me, if you ask Klaus, I'm not always happy. I'm also I'm also like my dad, which can be a little a grumpy old man. I'm a grumpy old lady sometimes. But my mom, she's always happy and positive and also again a truly inspirational for me because she had a multi handicapped kid. It must mm. have been so hard, you know, taking care of him and still trying to like be a mom for me. Uh, as the daughter too, you know, but she managed it. And every year or every day I get older, I also get way more respect for what my mom actually did and what she's been through. You know, you don't, I didn't see that and I didn't appreciate it that much before I become a mom, my own, but oh, that those feeling that she must have had, you know, uh, it's amazing. She's definitely my biggest motivation out there. I want to be like my my mom. <laughs> the joy and and the gut feeling and Marcus and Klaus and all of this momentum that you have right now is aiming for is has always been aiming for Kona, right? Kona is yeah. like how how hot is this fire burning to, to be on that podium in Kona? Oh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not getting away from that podium. I'm just want to performing Kona as the best version of me now. That's actually my next step. You know, I still feel that I can improve, you know, I might be one of the old ladies in the field at the moment, but I still like feel that I have way more in me. I'm not done. You know, I still feel that I can improve. And I actually think the biggest lesson that I learned is that before, before Marcus, before being a mom, I had all the time in the world to focus on Michelle and what Michelle wanted. So I also had lots of waste time. Now I've been optimizing on the small things that I didn't do before. I've been talking a lot about cake and I also eat cake, but I also like, with the diet thing, you know, just trying to tune my body 110% so I can stand in that start line in Kona and say, hey, I did everything that I could do. And I just love the island. I love the atmosphere. I love the smell, uh, the excitement, you know, the joy, meeting all the other athletes at the same place, the sponsor, the media, all the attention. 
I love all about it. Maybe the last part most, all the attention, <laughs> you know. No, I really like it. It just fires me up from the inside, you know. That's what I love about the sport, you know. We are so many athletes over there in Kona, just like wanted to be the best version of themselves. So, yeah, I, I burn. You can hear it now, you know. I, I also, I said I don't care about the podium. No, I burn to beat my fourth place over there, my best result to be the best version of me. So, yeah, let's cross our finger that it will happen in October. And if not, then a little bit later, or else I have to get a baby and come back again, you know. And <laughs> I, I don't have time to, I don't have time to waste, you know. If I was just 25, I would have had all the time in the world, but I don't have time to this. So I would love Trump to tell me if I can come to Hawaii in October or not, because else I would get to plan B, get a baby and be ready for January instead. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Um, so I know uh, we're on, we've got just a little bit, couple more minutes left. Um, I want to respect your time. You're doing what I believe we all have the right to do, which is to live the life that we love. And a lot of people don't know what they love. So how do they start to find what they love? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually think it's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself you know, to find out what you actually love. And I think, again, I had my ITU days. I had the time where I played handball. I had my studies. You know, you actually tried a lot of stuff to get where you are. And again, some people never find it, you know, but then they have to create it themselves. Uh, they have to create their own story and what makes them happy, you know. There must be some things they watch at the television, you know, that makes them smile, like, I need more of this. Or again, I just like surround yourself with people that gives you the energy and the joy. And I also believe that then you will find the things that can inspire you, you know, because I would never have seen Shratlan if it wasn't because of this hot guy I wanted to hook up with, you know. Then I would never have got my eyes for this sport. So sometimes it's also lucky punches that you find out what you actually love. So as long as you surround yourself with people that, that gives you energy and makes you happy, and then just copy them, you know, find out. And then you, you're allowed to steal. You're allowed to steal from social media of what, people show their joy in and yeah to find your own way but again the, we're back to the gut feeling right we're back to to what truly deeply matters to you and sometimes don't care about what other people thinks that's also what i with marcus why didn't i get a baby before i was also again thinking about too much what other people would think about me you know i didn't trust in myself that hey this is okay this is what i want you know what do you want i think that's a great Amazing. great question to leave it on what do you want what yeah. do you want and exactly. focus on and, and find that and focus on what you want because that will expand in your life and then we have more joyful people on this earth and isn't that what we need that's what we need for sure you know because again, if you are American or you are German or wherever you are in the world, you know, we always have the option. You know, we are pretty privileged, all of us, you know, to 
to create what we want. So it's just about finding out what you want with your life and then make it happen. You know, don't sit when you're 85 and look back and think, why didn't I do that? That's my biggest fear, you know, to regret something. But again, you can't regret something you didn't do, you know. So come on, you can can you say that? Did you did that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect English. Perfect English, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. And um we can't wait to share you with our community. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm sorry that I have to hurry, but you know, food, I talk to Argon who's in Canada, and then you know, I yeah. Baby boss. Baby boss. He's so commanding. Come on. <laughs> Taking all that attention. Exactly. What's wrong? <laughs>